You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. What's going on, everybody? Long time no see, and welcome back to Run It Back here on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. And join with me is none other than John the Shape Grove. Again on the show for what, three weeks straight? But you know what it is. He's been on my show so many times and I have been on his so many times. It's just, we we hear, we hear mentally. That's what's wrong with me and John. It's hard to keep track these days, Jasmine. Man, say less. It sure the hell does. But you know what is not hard to keep track of? Sunflower Showdown will be here before you know it, you feel me? And if you are in the Kansas City area and unable to go to Lawrence in the upcoming days, I want to say November 18th, there will be a watch party at the Kingdom Bar and Grill. You are not going to want to miss it. You can't go to Lawrence. Fred Knight, going to have a lot of blue. You're going to have a lot of purple all in one spot right at Kingdom. So go hit that place up. Time of the game is TBD, so so closer the game goes, sooner we'll know the time. But I thought I'd drop that little nugget in for you guys. But, John, to get things started, this weekend was not great for K-State Sports. Um, this, I can't. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add it all together. I'm here's the math. I'm gonna lay down for you. I'm gonna add all the, the K State teams who played competitive games against competitive teams, and also I'm gonna throw in the Dallas Cowboys in there as well because I can't. But all of my teams this weekend, including K State and of course the Dallas Cowboys, I, I'm o, I'm zero and five this past weekend. Every single one of my teams, John, lost. They lost. Of course, we'll get this party started with K-State Volleyball losing to KU back-to-back nights with the five-set thriller on third, like what was it, on Friday. And then, of course, K-State Football overtime thriller lost. And it's crazy. All these teams, like all my teams lost in pretty much the same damn fashion, okay? Of course, then K-State had a chance to get, you know, even the series with KU, and that ended up being a sweep. And then let's go to Sunday, Dallas Cowboys, close match against the freaking Philadelphia Eagles. That, too, did not go my way. And then, of course, last night, K-State men's basketball kicking off the season against USC. And they got my hopes up like I knew I knew this game would go this way. I really did. After already starting 0-4, John, I knew, I knew that I was going to be disappointed at the end of the night, and I was. They got close. They got it close to single digits a couple of times towards the end. They got it to 10 or 8 or whatever. I'm like, see, I freaking knew they would do this to me. And, of course, the result stayed the same. But, John, what the hell? Why was it just this one weekend? What the hell? I, for me, it was kind of a combination of things. Kind of alluding to what you said earlier. The the one thing that that's uh, holding me back from losing it is, is that the Broncos had a bye week, so. I had a little bit of I had a little bit more time to kind of find my zen on, on Sunday and just kind of deep deep breaths because the Texas game took a lot out of me. It was it was a roller coaster, uh, and then uh, what the volleyball matches as well. 
And then even on Wednesday, I mean, not, not nothing sports really happened, but the Big 12 football schedules came out and set up a frenzy because yeah. uh, Farmageddon's not going to continue as well. So that, that put me in a frenzy as well as many other K-State fans on social media as well. It's, it's hectic times, Jasmine, and especially when you have the basketball seasons uh, for men's and women starting with football, with, with football season in particular, it's it's going to get hectic. Very, very hectic. Bro, my soul can't take it. I really can't. And honestly, I forgot to add. I, let me, let me, like, let me fix what I, what I said. Let me, I said my teams were 0-5 this week. Of course, not including our KC women's basketball team, which we'll talk to. They, you know, packed their teams up quickly, but it wasn't necessary competitive team. So that's why I'm not counting in this. But I also want to add that I said I was 0-5. I'm going to change that to 0-6 because my fantasy football team lost by one point. <laughs> I started paying to paying attention to my fantasy team long time ago. I was just I was I was just a damn loser this this weekend, and I hate that, and I hate that. And John, like, and I know I've been stalling long enough, but I just really wanted to get that off my chest because it was damn ridiculous. But to kick off this weekend of sorrows was K State volleyball going up against 14th ranked KU in Lawrence. That's um that is a series that I predicted to be one and one. Because obviously I know KU stuff. We we've been through this. Uh, game one was crazy though. Like let's first and foremost, game one was crazy. Uh, K State lost the first set, and obviously our record is not great when K State loses the first set. I don't think we've. I don't even know if we've won a game if dropping the first set. I know like undefeated when winning the first set. Um, I think outside of now Oklahoma, but either way, here or there. We don't. Our, our record's horrible when we when we drop the first set. But we dropped the first set, went in set two. We were actually up on KU what twenty to thirteen, and then KU went on a twelve to three one, a twelve to thirteen. No, yeah, twelve to three run. Yeah, twelve to three run to get the second set. Then boom, we were down 0-2. two. We we're like ah damn. Or at least I was like ah damn. Uh, but then they were able to win sets three and four. I'm like okay, maybe a little bit of reverse sweep going on here. It was like everything, everything was getting tight. It was like uh, the Casey obviously dropped that first set 25 16 and the second set was tight. Dropped that one 25 23. And of course, they won the second set 25 20. And then it was 25 19 to force the fifth and final set against 14th ranked KU. And then we ended up dropping that one 15 2. And that's just where it kicked off the weekend. But uh, John, looking at the stats from that game, even though it, a lot of times it, in the last three sets, obviously, it really could have gone either way. Despite the run that K-State gave up in the second set, it really could have gone either way. And K-State was able to really fight back and be able to almost complete a reverse sweep. Literally, like, three three points shy of of uh, getting a reverse sweep done. But it was kind of mentioned, literally, we've mentioned it all season, unfortunately, that the consistency was an issue. You it was it's kind of flip flop. You win, you lose. You win, you lose. You win twice, back to back against BYU, which was all of a series that they were able to win. And then of course you drop two sets against KU. Once again, these are back to back ranked teams. Ain't nobody saying that any of this mess was easy. Not what I'm saying at all, John. But it consistently inconsistent it is what I've been able to see from every other night with them. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a trend from what we're seeing with this volleyball team, especially in in the in the first games. 
Uh, you know, both nights they lost game one significantly, but were up big in game two, but for whatever reason, we make big mistakes, laid down the stretch to go down 0-2 at times. And the first night they made a lineup switch in game three, and they were able to extend it to five sets, but, you know, they made several mistakes down the stretch in game five uh, to lose 15-12 to 12 as well. And, you know, I'll say this as well. I mean, we, K-State's got a lot of uh, fantastic outside hitters to rely on, but uh, at, at times down the stretch, there may be, and they, they might, they're still probably not at the moment where they're able to kind of fully finish finish off matches. And that's really one of the main concerns for K-State hitting, uh, moving forward in the final few games is just kind of finishing things off. And kind of another observation that I had is that they were struggling with serve receive and playing well over time. They have carried strong outside lineback, uh, out, outside attackers uh, who carried them against BYU uh, the week before, but the inconsistencies were there against KU, and overall they needed to develop more of a balance in their offense. And defensively, we're, we're one of the better teams in the Big 12. It's just it's just where they, they got to step things up on offense. It, it's That's where really the inconsistencies kind of hopping in there because especially late in the contest, there'll be a player or two that will be making that making that sorry, that will be making an error uh down the stretch which, which could cost K State in the long run. And I think like I honestly I think these are like simple fixes because we've seen them play like lights out. And even on like their not so great games, like a time or two they're like they're in it. These are these are games that are they're not like all right they get packed up it's like it's it's done even when they were in even when they got swept uh in game two against KU it was it was it was still really close matches it was 25-19 26 like it is like bits and pieces here and there that makes it kind of teeter as far as their consistency goes that's like they I, I think it'd be a really easy fix if not by the towards like to end this regular season, it'll go into next season. Now I don't know. Considering losing, getting swept by KU, their chances, which were already kind of slim to get to the NCAA tournament, I don't know if that will change or how much it will change things. Uh, as far as what it will look like postseason wise, I think that not winning a game at in Lawrence does is going to hurt them. Uh, I mean, this is a tough, like we talked about, this is a really tough part of their schedule. Uh, the last 10 games, I predicted them to go six and four, not necessarily in the order that I expected. Uh, I expected to win uh, two straight against OU. We split that series. I expected to to lose both series, like uh, the series against BYU won both. I uh, expected to split the series against KU. We got swept that one. And now... I it's still it's still I think was that three and three right now we got four games left it could still I can still have a you know correct prediction with uh number four Texas then of course Texas Tech series and then ending it in Houston or they're ranked 22nd in the country so I don't know John I'm I'm not sure do you I you have any idea like what their chances would look like, or is we just kind of like throwing throwing something to the wall and hoping it's six for them to have postseason success if they get to it? Well, kind of looking at the RPR right now, which is the determining uh, re- determining ranking factor. If you want to head to the NCAA tournament, you got to have a good strength of schedule right now, and yeah. 
Chase State at the moment, they're currently 62nd, uh, which would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I believe uh, 8th in the Big 12 right now. Um, and you you probably want to be around the, the 30s and 40s to be in that safe zone. But at the same time, this season what has and probably will be a season of what-ifs. And they have lost several five-game matches that they should have had. A few early to Rice, uh, to Lipscomb in particular. For sure. That might, that will likely, and, and this is just kind of my crystal ball right now, but but I, it's not looking likely that they will uh, make it to the tournament um, unless they're able to pull off Texas at, at home. They get the Longhorns on Wednesday, and you know, they traditionally have competed well, and they kept it close to Texas at home. Uh, the Longhorns have, do have a really as a, have a really long win streak. Uh, they're currently number three in the RPI right now. It's it's a must win if they want to keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive. And um, there's because there's not going to be a whole lot of them left on the schedule besides maybe uh, number twenty two Houston on the road as well. I mean, uh, you also got the Texas Tech games. I believe the Red Raiders are. Right, pretty low in the RPI rank, so you're not, so you can't take a, uh, you can't take any losses to the Red Raiders, uh, in in that regard either. Yeah, it's it's no room for error, honestly. But I mean, at this point in time, as far as the in- consistently inconsistent part, maybe if if we're like if we're looking at patterns here, because this season has been a pattern, considering we lost two straight, we got that out of the way going into Texas. I this could be me being too hopeful, but yeah. hey, there's no such thing as coincidence when you had a pattern this thick the entire season. So maybe, maybe they got a chance to upset Texas. That game is going to be at home. It's going to be in Manhattan. Once again, one of these several ranked teams that K-State has, ho- has hosted in a brand new arena. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's going to take a lot. Uh, Texas is undefeated in the in the Big Twelve. They're only like they're eighteen and three. Of course, no, fourth ranked in the country right now. Their only three losses came from Long Beach, which was their very first game of the season. Uh, then number two Stanford, and then number eleven Washington State. And they've only been pushed to five sets twice this season. So. Looks like they're also on a twelve. Uh, they've won twelve straight sets, uh, and they're also eight and one on the road this season, including a perfect seven and zero uh, in Big Twelve matches as well. And if you just want to look from a historic perspective, the Cats haven't fared all all too well against the Longhorns. Uh, Texas is currently leading the all-time series forty-nine to seven, and they're four and four against. Uh, actually, I take that back. Jason Mansfield, for that matter, he's currently at, at 500 against ranked opponents in his first camp, his first campaign with K State. But uh, this Texas team, it, it isn't, it isn't Kansas for that matter. It, it isn't even BYU. It isn't Iowa State, or or it isn't Baylor. Yeah. I mean, that's going to. I mean, that's just been a program that has always had K State's number, and just with the talent that that Jared Elliott, the head coach of Texas, is just able to ramp in year in and year out. I mean, they're up there with the likes of Nebraska and Wisconsin, uh, and uh, several other powers as well. Stanford, if you want to include them as well. So it, it's it, it's not going to get any easier on Wednesday night, but uh, uh, we'll 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 see what happens. It, we like we mentioned, we 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 um. We mentioned it right off the bat that this is going to be the toughest 
uh, one, two. It's going to be the toughest five-game stretch possibly in the Big 12. And K-State's been able to pull off a few wins here and there, but they were almost uh, able to uh, pull one out in Lawrence as well. So yeah, um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday. But uh, you're right, Jasmine. You mentioned it right off the bat. No room for error at, at this point if you want to make it to the tournament. Yeah, it's... Gosh, I hate that Texas is so good at so many things. K-State needs more money. Um, but fingers crossed. The chance where I'm always going to think they're going to have a chance. After they prove me wrong against BYU, I'm always going to think that they that they're going to have a chance. So we're going to keep we're going to keep hope alive. And another thing we need to keep alive is none other than home field apparel K-State fans or any fan for that matter. Please get all your college gear at homefieldapparel.com. Get your shirts, get your hats, get your hoodies. Get whatever the heck you want. Home Field Apparel is going to hook you up. And then also, can't forget Studio Wax. Any unwanted hair, you can go right there. Head to toe, that's going to be additive. You've hit it, my girl. She'll get you taken care of at Studio Wax. We will be right back. I'll run it back on Kansas City Sports Thanks Network. for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. Welcome back to Run It Back here on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. And joined with me is none other than John the Shake Grove. Three back-to-back being my co-host for tonight's show. And we just talked about K-State volleyball, of course. Keeping hope alive in Summerfall, Texas. Consistently inconsistent our volleyball team is. But if you look at the parents, then maybe we might be not too bad. I guess them their long horns down the way. But John, you know, is I wanna I wanna ask, I wanna say this number and just see if it just like what that meaning is for you. Five hundred and ninety five. When you hear that number, what, what do you what do you think? Five hundred and ninety five. Five hundred ninety five. Uh, I have no idea too. It's... Your your guess is as good as mine, Jasmine. I, I got I got no clue. Well, I'll tell you, and I'll tell all of you. 995. That's how many days it's been since a Yoki, Yoki Lee, Yoki. was on the basketball court playing competitive basketball. Nine or 595 days. That's a lot of damn days. That's that little almost 600 days without playing competitive basketball. But our six foot six queen is back. Princess 61 has put her shoes on the floor at Ramblers Coliseum. She back now, baby. She, she back. She is damn back, and we love to see it. And I get it. We t- they had a little exhibition, and do we really want to talk about exhibition games? No, we don't. It's just getting your legs stretched, and your you know arms a little stretched out, you know whatever. But we're going to talk to the very first game of the season. Because I guess if you really want to be super duper technical, I guess it was, what, 593, 92? But I'm not. Because right now, this late in the night, that's too much damn math for me to do. But either way, unimportant. K-State women's basketball starting this season where they are preseason ranked fourth in the Big 12. Projected to have a really really good season really good but like potentially like hoisting big 12 championship trophy at the end of the season i feel like a lot of things got to go right because you still got to run through texas still got to run through baylor and of course still got to run through ku who won the wnit and are third ranked for a really good reason right but look now that you have an all-american back in your starting lineup thing things like we're looking at a new bright sunshiny day they open the season up against Presbyterian, you know, scrubs. Not saying they're not like a bad team, but no, we talked about all my teams lost. I'm not counting them because they did not. They packed them up pretty well. <laughs> hey, it, hey, it makes it makes it look. It makes your you look uh, your team record better though. It does. It does. At the end of the day, mine better too. I'll also so exactly. At the we, end we, of the day. we might as well just throw them in there. And- yeah, yeah. Pat, pat that stat up like the SEC does in the middle of their football season. But still, that's a conversation for another day. I know, I know. But now, obviously, K-State won. Packed them up quickly, 69-235. But we got to focus. Like, this is is not a brand new team, but it feels like it in a way, John, because this is like, it's like, how can I fully explain this? It's like three, it's like three, in the past three seasons, it feels like three different teams with the same players. Does that make sense? 
kind of. I like, I'll, I'll throw in another ter- uh, terminology in there. I guess another way you guys can think about it, and, and I've been hitting hard on this throughout the summer, is just like what what the Big 12 is, because the Big 12 was one former former shell of itself back in 2010, and then uh, and it's going to be completely different. I mean, it's going to have, it's going to be a whole new setup, but with a lot of old rivalries coming back. And now I'm looking at this women's basketball team. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a mix of of the players from last year and a player who's a, a certain player who's returning back from one year of absence, mm-hmm. and a bunch of new players that are able to ball up. Uh, because uh, uh, the, the person that the first player that really stood out was Ianna Walker, and several other players yeah. like those. I mean, they're they're coming in and they 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 are just hooping. They're straight up hooping. Honestly, bro, because I I know we're gonna get even more into into Yoki in a second, but since you brought up Ziana Walker, man, I'm telling you, her and Terrence Sides are gonna tear up the damn league in a couple of years. Wow. They gonna they gonna tear it up. Because I know, like Zana Walker, she was going crazy. Lisa Maya, she was hitting. She hit a hundred percent from the from the field in this game against Presbyterian. She was five for five from the field, three for three from three, finishing with thirteen points. And I know Terrence Sides, her shot wasn't falling uh, the other night, but she, she she had good looks. The shots wasn't falling. She got in early foul trouble, so she didn't really play as many minutes as maybe Coach Minnie was wanting her to play. But bro, like. Diana Ray was it redshirt freshman, Terrence Sides, true freshman. They gonna be playing a lot of ball in the next couple of years. I feel like Terrence, honestly, Terrence Sides, you might be one of the best ball handlers, if not the best ball handler on this team. I'm not even I'm not even gonna hold you. And she plays so fast for a freshman. Same thing with Zaina. Of course, she had that year with Louisville, who was really got a really good basketball program, first and foremost. She didn't get to play because all the dogs they have on their team. But what she picked up is like she was what a four star coming out of Wichita now back in her home state. But Terrence Sides and Zena Walker, they gon they gon run through everybody because I think those might be the two fastest players on the team, and they're going to be ridiculous. I'm talking about high pace, fast pace offense in the next couple of years coming from those two. Not to mention Eliza Moppin, who's probably gonna be probably at the depends who else they get. Of course, they have a. a Amani as well, but for her either at the four or the five, this is gonna be a fast paced offense in the next couple of years. But I know that's the next couple of years. We gotta focus on the now because I'm even getting more excited just seeing that those two just gonna cause absolute hell in in the Big Twelve in the next few years. But with the five hundred and ninety-five days with Aoka Lee missing basketball, she had fourteen points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks, and twenty-two minutes of play. Princess 61, as I like to call her. Coach Minnie said that she's at like 85% right now, health-wise. And the only way to get her up back to 100% is just, you know, it's just to play ball, right? And, I mean, she's like, she's still like, she's still looking good. There's a lot of things, you know, you haven't played in, in such a long time. That's why you need these exhibition games. That's why you need to play some of these scrubs and get your feet wet again. And she... In the exhibition, she already had a double double. <laughs> so, like we, like we really gotta worry about some of those things. But it's crazy to me how her coming back is just is what I talked about. How it feels like three different teams in like the past couple years. Because I'm gonna get into this defense in a minute. Because this defense is gonna be a staple of this team. But offensively, 
kind of noticed, John. I don't know if, like, I'm sure you've noticed, like, this past game. The offensively, the stuff, it wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. Because, like, going back to with offensively, like, Coach Mitty has had to have three different offensive game plans the last three years, essentially. Because, like, first you have your All-American, obviously, in Aoka League, and then surrounded pretty much by freshmen, right? With the Glenn Twins, with Serena Sundell, a lot of freshmen with Aoka League would be at the center of it. So, of course, your offense had to run through her. What did we see in that offense three years ago is where you had three, you had three people on Aoka Lee in the paint and leaving the Glenn Twins, Serena Sundell, them as freshmen literally wide open at the three-point line and they weren't going to take the shot, Right. So that was where the offense was generating with them as freshmen and Ayo Khalid being, of course, the best player on the floor, which he still is. And then year two, you have no Yoki. You have these freshmen who are now sophomores, and now you gotta teach now you gotta develop them and how to run the, their offense with no staple essentially dominating the paint, right? And then boom, now you move on to this year. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. And and and, and, and part of that as well with Aoka Lee not playing as well, you're not going to have. I mean, you you weren't going to have a reliable scorer. So it was a it was a perfect opportunity for the returning players who were from a freshman to their sophomore years. It was it, it was their chance to kind of uh, it was kind of their chance to kind of amp up their offensive production numbers as well. For sure, and obviously you get Gabby Gregory. Who to me was like a fantastic surprise. Uh, of course, like she had some injury, like you know, injury bugs when she was with Oklahoma, so we didn't really see fully her full potential there. So of course, her coming here obviously damn straight help because she was like Big Twelve leading scorer. But of course, you see like offensively the confidence in Serena Sundell, in Jalen, and Briley Glenn, and in like other people on the team. Obviously, Eliza Moppin getting a lot of minutes as a freshman as well at that time last year, trying to find a someone who can solidify that center spot, obviously Heavenly Greer, you know. And so you have that offensive scheme with them, like where's points? Points got to come from literally somebody else. But now you have all those people I just list, I just name dropped, like develop into really strong players. And then, bloop, just go and drop a Yoko Lee. And then now you just got to figure out how you can, how your uh, your players can really, you know, score the ball and not be hesitant in scoring the ball and also still be able to to feed the beast and Yoki down low in the paint. I think, like, because you're like, these are three different offensive schemes that all, not all, you know, that Coach Mitty had to figure out, but also the players got to learn a new offensive scheme every single year that they've been there, right? So right. I think I think offensively it will come. It's just going to, honestly, it might, it might take a minute. I don't think it'll take as long as, like, halfway through the season. But I think it'll, I think they'll pick it up because each every single every single person that has touched the floor that I've seen so far has the ability to score the basket. Like I don't see I don't really see anyone as a liability. I I think overall right now and and you hit on it, Jasmine. I I don't think the offense is there fully yet. I think part of it is that they they've been is that they've been uh, and they I mean the coaching staff they've been pushing them to not just settle for. Uh, good shots, but to also go for great shots as well. And yeah, then you look at you look out there, and um, K State's turning down great shots here and there. So, in the identification of that, I, I think at several times they're a little bit hesitant, and that's that's somewhat of a bad way to play. But at the same time, I also look at it. And not only does this apply to the women's team, but this also applies to uh, also the men's basketball team and Jerome Tang and several other basketball teams out there. 
it's going to take some time to kind of ge- kind of gel together and and mesh the the best possible kind of. It, it's going to take a while to get the best the best outcome on the court. Uh, it's not always going to be pretty right out of a get go. Honestly, heading into this matchup against Presbyterian, I, I guarantee you, like regardless of a game, it's going to be like I mean, there's going to be something to point out. It's never going. I mean, you can win sixty nine to thirty five. Um, and there's going to be something to to point out, but uh, in regards to kind of the the entire roster and how it's set up, especially when you have a Yoko Lee back, it's a balance of being a it's a balance of one, uh, for one being aggressive, uh, but also making sure that they're able to get the touches in the paint, just so they're able to uh, get their way through it all, and you and all you can keep on doing is grinding away. Um, also, side note as well, I just thought it was really cool. Um, just when Ayoko Lee, uh, when she when she got onto the court, the crowd gave her a good ovation um, when she came into the game. So for her for her to battle back throughout the past two years, it was just it was just really cool to see her back on the floor with the uh, crowd warring and uh, for her return as well. Honestly, it's going to be so exciting, especially when. Yeah, bigger matchups and more students get in there and see Yoki. Some maybe for the first time, if they were freshmen last year, not knowing the pure dominance that this woman is in the bait in the K-State uniform. So this, I expect the praise to be even more coming from like the student section and more people as they fill up as they fill up Bramlage for these games. And John, I wanted to touch on this before we end the show too. Is that I mentioned this a little bit before? Obviously, we talked just about offense, but defensively. Defense is going to be the staple of this team. Like I'm talking, like this is this is some hard nosed defense that we've seen already the past two games. I get it is a little bit higher scoring affair when they played against Pittsburgh State in their exhibition. Pittsburgh State scored a little bit more than I guess they initially than K State initially wanted them to, but it was still a dub, and of course it's a dub that does not count. But of course, first game of the season once again shake off that rust, right? But let me tell you something. 23 steals. K-State had 23 steals. Or actually, no, 23 23 turnovers. 18 of those were steals. Still a ridiculous amount of numbers. And and 11 blocks. That's still a very good amount. That is is like them looking at your team and said you're too little. (laughs) If you... Straight up, you you are too little. Presbyterian had was thirty percent from the field, and I rounded up. It was essentially twenty nine point eight or whatever it is. But I thought I'd do them a solid and round that up to thirty percent from the field. And we knew defensively it was going to be a strength because they were they were they were a pretty good defensive team last year. Obviously, they were maybe down in Big Twelve as far as like you know some rebounding goes. But obviously, you have a Yokoli. That's going to fix some thing. And once again, you get 11 blocks. Aoki helps that. Every single player that touched the floor in that game actually got a block, which is abs- absolutely insane. I think, see, I think uh, Yoki, she might have had, I want to say, what, four blocks? Yeah, I think four, like either four or five blocks. And of course, Taryn's side, she's had one block. So I think every everyone up and down that lineup that was that played yesterday, the other day, block you you ain't getting jack diddly squat all you getting is 35 35 points and a bus ticket back to wherever presbyterian is that that's literally it i mean thanks yeah. presbyterian that's in south carolina but that's irrelevant for another time 
Honestly, I'm glad that you knew. I legitimately have no idea where they were located. It's one, it's, one, it's one of those small schools. I, I'm into to watching yeah. mid-majors as well. So uh, I think their, their men's team just beat Vanderbilt as well. That's irrelevant too uh, because we're here to talk about the women's basketball team bashing on Presbyterian. Uh, it, it was and kind of comparing the game to, to Pitt State a little bit, and even Jeff Mitty alluded to this. I've alluded to this in several of my of my football talk shows as well. I thought K State had a better killing it, killer instinct over over Presbyterian. I just felt as if they let they let Pitt State off the hook uh, when when K State killed the dribble at times. I thought I thought K State played a lot more aggressive when they had their opportunities to get steals. Um, uh, overall, it just felt like defensively they've gotten a whole lot better. With just when it comes to the killer instinct and not letting anybody else uh, off a hook, uh, which which very which right there uh, is the 23, 23 turnovers, eighteen steals, and uh, I think uh, another thing to point out as well is the it's keeping the smaller guards in check in front of K State. And, you know, the, the length has got to play in that you've got to block some shots as a guard as well. Not just Ayoko Lee, you you got to block shots as an entire team. And we saw it last year as well with Serena uh, with Serena Sundell going up for several blocks. I think Emily Eber got a block or two here or there as well. So, um, overall, it's, it's, just, it's just getting all kinds of defensive contributions from many players and not just from Aoka Lee. Oh, and they're going to get it because honestly, like, I I feel like, I know, like, Aoka Lee would be obviously the, the popular answer, but, like, the defense runs through Jalen Glenn. <laughs> and then the second best defender in my eyes is going to be her sister, Briley Glenn, and obviously you're going to have Aoka Lee right in there because I don't want to put her, like, just that front because, like, once again, she needs to get her feet wet again. You know she's already been mad disrespectful when she's gotten blocks already this season so far we understand that she like that's that's her role her role is to lock down in that paint but perimeter wise is like a defense as a whole it's 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 through the Glenn twins it's straight straight up through the Glenn twins obviously Jalen Glenn led the big 12 in stills last year she I think she led the team in stills the other night with four which made her I think 14th game with four or more steals obviously them the woman is straight up definition of clamps but yet was not on all defensive team big 12 but whatever that's in the past but that's it that's that's gonna be a staple of this team they're going to have the two three zone from hell even though i know they didn't show it against presbyterian because presbyterian is a really good three-point shooting team and and that's not known with a good shooting team and and really well when you're playing a team like presbyterian as well you don't want to open up the you don't want to open up too much stuff against Presbyterian, and it's in what your the teams coming up on your schedule will kind of take note of that. And by mean teams, I mean you got two feature uh, matchups ahead with the Big Ten, and you also got a, a road trip coming up with with Little Rock as well. So you kind of want to keep things a little bit uh, like you always mentioned, Jasmine. At one point, up to your gut, you want to keep it up to kind of up to your gut, keep things a little low profile, and then unleash it when when uh, when the time comes. Oh, for sure. I'm. I really want another upset against Iowa. Last year, amazing. Last year completely took me by utter surprise. Held Caitlin Clark to under thirty points. Ain't barely anybody has been able to say that. Mm-hmm. All right, and most of them came from the free throw line. I do remember because I called that game. But 
Don't know if it'll be two years in a row. They go to Iowa, and that is a really daunting place to play. And obviously, Caitlin Clark is the definition of a pure dog. Okay, so the the one thing, the, the one thing that's making it not as daunting as it is is that it's not played in their football stadium. That is a because we did have a women's basketball game prior to their prior to their regular season against DePaul, and that was in a. Kinnick Stadium, for that matter, as well. They were trying too hard to become Nebraska volleyball, uh, trying with this trend, but uh, didn't pan out too well. So, uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. It was positioned so weirdly. It was like, definitely. If, you're on, if you were on the other end zone, you couldn't see Jack Diddley squat. Well, I mean, for, Nebraska did. They probably would have been a little bit better. For the Nebraska, even for the Nebraska volleyball match, it was. Kind of difficult, just just witnessing how small that court is, and it it gets a little difficult at times, just just seeing things down there. Whereas for football field, it's an entire field. You can get a little bit more of a of a broader scope of where players are running, uh, which hash mark it is, which yard line it is. So uh, they they try to pull it off, and they they failed. They failed. Well, they still they still brought the numbers, and of course. You ain't gonna have that issue when they're in their arena and it's loud as hell in there, cause that's that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Unfortunately, K State beat them in front of a not so great crowd. That's going to be the quite opposite going into it, cause it's gonna be a bigger crowd. People are gonna know that K State gave Iowa one of its few losses last season, and Caitlin Clark, I feel like she has a vengeful spirit in her. So uh, we're gonna hope for the best. <laughs> We're going to hold for this bet. But, guys, that's going to be the end of Running Back tonight. I appreciate you for coming in and listening to us talk that talk, walk that walk, and we'll see you all again next week. Cats by 90. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.